0: H.K.
1: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Andrew Work, and my guest presenter today is Car Ha. Good morning, Car.
2: Good morning, Andrew.
1: Hey, on today's Back Chat, we're getting nautical. We're discussing plans to boost Hong Kong's role as a maritime hub. The Transport and Logistics Bureau on Wednesday announced plans to uplift Hong Kong's global position in shipping. This comes as records show a decline in container throughput from 23.1 million foot equivalent, units to 20, 2000, 2012 to 19.7 million last year. Not great. The Transport and Logistics Bureau has a new action plan on maritime and port development strategy. It sets out 10 strategies, including the development of green energy, digitization, talent retention, and cooperation with overseas and mainland ports. And then after 9.40, we're going to talk Christmas and delve into the secrets of happiness with Finland's Consul General. Finland has been ranked the world's happiest country for six consecutive years. Tell us the secret to your happiness on our Facebook page, email us at backchat at rthk.hk, or call us on 233 Uh, We've got a couple of great guests for you today, Uh, kicking off live in the studio at Broadcast House. We welcome Roy Ying, who is the co-chairperson of the Advocacy and Policy Research Committee at the Hong Kong Institute of Human Resources Management. Good morning, Roy. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Carl. Good morning. Great to have you back on the show. We also welcome today Willie Lin, who is the chairman of the Hong Kong Shippers Council. Good morning, Willie. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning,
3: Carl. Good morning,
1: everybody. Hey, so uh, Willie, give us a lowdown. What does this plan entail?
3: Well, I, I think the plan is a um, well after you know after after the, after the COVID, um, Hong Kong has been um, well, land bound for quite a while, and then I think the action plan actually enabled the world to see uh, that we are not laying flat, per say we are actually um, looking forward to a new uh, era for the Hong Kong maritime uh, Hong maritime um, largest trade. I think I mean, of course, a lot of people are asking, "Oh, wow, well, are we going to go back with the action plan? Are we going to go back to the good old days as being a number one part in the world?" And I think that's that is um, not the case. I think we're looking for more quality and versus the quantities, and also um, very importantly, I think you know we mentioned about the, the green energies availability. I think this is actually a shot in the arm to enable uh, Hong Kong to tell the world that. Uh, we, we are welcoming all this um, facing a new era. By 2030, um, the 10% of the IMO have, um, ship have to be uh, with green fuel. By 2050, supported everything everything have to be zero carbon. So this actually enable us to tell the world that we are back in the map. We are, we're gonna have the energy to provide to all these international sailing uh, ships that you can bunker in Hong Kong. Now that is something that the, the, um, the trade have been um, telling the government that we had to be bold. We had to make um, decisions because if if we say if we still lay back and say okay, let's wait for the um, to see how which which energy is going to come out to be betting on which energy per se, um, we'll lose the boat because it take time to build infrastructures. And so far, of course, um, the, the LNG and the methanol is probably the. Um, the, uh, um, the early um, fuel that people, all uh, boats are having, but technologies are leaf-flogging. <clears throat> so we are seeing that um, even with this, techn- uh, this fuel, the cost will be very high. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, would that be because new technology coming, hydrogen, electricity, and so on and so on? There might be other fuel that are coming on the, in the coming 20, 10, 20 years, but we will be ready to engage back to the world that shipping lines are welcome to come to Hong Kong. Okay, Roy- that is
1: a very, very, very important message. <clears throat> yeah, so that's the message. But what are the 10 strategies, Roy, can you highlight <clears throat> some of the top strategies of these 10 strategic directions?
4: Well, let's have a look at the uh, strategies that the Hong Kong government has laid out. Everything needs people, um, which unfortunately, we don't really have. Um, I was asking some of the industry people and uh, at the, the future is actually very bright. But they are very concerned that not many people are joining the industries. The government is actually doing the right thing at the um, top level. The top talent scheme the uh, the talent list um, they they are welcoming uh, professionals, but that only takes up the high end the There are small number of people. I think uh, there is a very acute shortage of um, marine professionals not just professionals but also the seagoing engineers they 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 make up a lot of the workforce and and fortunately people are not joining uh part of the reason uh, i'm sure you 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 know it's because over the past three years covid has uh, resulted in massive layoffs some of the people the seagoing um you know professionals they 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 just change jobs and um, they're not returning. And uh, there's a uh, aging of the workforce. Uh, so there is a really huge stepping up in attracting and retaining talent, uh, just, in, just like in the aviation sector, just like in any other in, in the industry. So uh, there's a lot to be done.
1: And, but, I mean, <coughs> if the people don't want to work there, <clears throat> do we really need to have a port? I mean, New York, no port; London, no port; Toronto, no port. Great world cities. Um, Do we really need an industry? Willie? Well, maybe I jump into it. Actually,
3: uh, this the uh, strength of Hong Kong um, in the great. I mean, the last fifty years per se is. I always say it's a TLM trade, logistic, and manufacturing. These three sectors are providing a very strong groundwork for Hong Kong. Plus, the intermodal we had the air, sea, land link. Now, so I so, uh, um uh uh well uh, talent of course i mean I'm also in charge of the Hong Kong government uh, maritime uh, talent human resource uh we are providing a lot of funding trying to actually actually um uh provide um interesting um young students for, um knowledge of what the boat today are. If you go to the container boat today, it's totally different from twenty years ago that you like that there are satellite phones, you have internet life a lot better but, but of course. In Hong Kong we only sell seven seven and a half million people every every trade are fighting for the talents so there's no exception not only Hong Kong but many trade are also and many other countries are also lack of professionals in running boats so a lot of time we all depends on um, overseas workers so so um we of course we would Hong Kong will continue to provide funding to grow uh, home to homegrown seafarers homegrown engineers and different sectors we're actually providing a lot of government to provide a lot of funding to support it's the seafarers, and when they go up different rank in in the in the trade, so um, we are doing some success. Of course, you know the myth of, Hong, of traditional Hong Kong is, she, my son goes to work in a boat, and I was usually in the old days, after think, Oh, when you go on a sea, it's something that you didn't do very well in schools and things like that. That's not the case. We we, we want to we, we have to rebuild a branding image to demonstrate that, actual seafarers do have a great opportunities similar to aviation uh, pilots and or the air crews, they uh, they will dress professionally. In in Europe, you see that also. A lot of professionals are actually uh, very well uh, gloomed. So, so I think that it will give us some time, but at least this message is very clear. Now, coming back to say, do we still need a port? Of course we need a port. If you look at it, within the five hours radius of Hong Kong, we have half the world populations. We are basically the only port in the city, in, a, in that area, that are totally duty-free. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of times, a lot of countries will bring the container, send the container goods to Hong Kong. Like, very for example, a couple of months ago, cherries, boxes oh, of yeah. cherries, it's all true. come to Hong Kong. And with and why go through Hong Kong? not go direct to our neighbours? Because we'll be able to clear all the ch- boxes and tens of thousands of containers within two days, ship it all across the border, no other place can handle this kind of custom clearance, this kind of efficiency. And this to to our um, South American friends, they were extremely happy. They said, wow, no, they never thought that we can Hong Kong can handle this kind of can do spirit. So so we do have some mileage to go. Um of course as I mean yes, we'll not be the number one part. We'll never be. Because especially the geopolitics um, in the last five to ten years actually um, um, asking manufacturers to, to move out of GBA, even in China, and a lot of them move to into Southeast Asia. So um, we, we see that. Um, and, but Hong Kong's um, external support trade is actually we are supporting Hong Kong companies also to, use the, uh, to set up manufacturing sites offshore, but at the same time using Hong Kong as a trading hub to provide mm. that link but it seems to, to do sourcing in China or Southeast Asia or wherever the, the raw material can supply, and while um, uh, routing the, the cargoes by sea or by land or by rail um, to, or by air even, to the factories. So I think the, the model changes, um, but Hong Kong still have a very strong strength as, in, as, a, as a judgment hub for the Asian countries, and particularly, and also from the um, South American trade.
2: Mm. Yeah, as uh, Willie, yeah, uh, you mentioned about the Greater Bay Area and Hong Kong, the difference. So, what do you think? Like Hong Kong is having the advantages, like to develop a port, and and which is like better than having it in Great Greater Bay. Bay. Yeah, yeah, well, well area. Right, as I mentioned
3: earlier, <clears throat> that um, if you, uh, Hong Kong have really the customs efficiency, um, yes, across the borders, um, they are actually catching up very fast. But the efficiency is we have a very simple uh, import declaration system. Um, companies can import. Uh, dec- declare very simply fourteen days within fourteen days when the cargo arrives Hong Kong or the cargo shipped it out through, um, from Hong Kong. But not only that is, as I said, it's, it is the intermodal when a product let's say um, a container comes of um, cherries we supposed to go to um, let's say um, G- Samjeon. But for some political reasons, suddenly there was a some trade freight conflictions. The box of cherry if they go directly to Samjeon, they were stuck in the port for years or months all the cherry go, go bad. But when you come to Hong Kong, no problem. Okay, we can't send to A country, we can send it to B country, to C country. Our decoration system enable importers, the efficiency or the simplicity to, to change product. And another very important point is, I always make this example. If you have a big brand, um, one of the big fashion brand, why they use Hong Kong as a logistic hub is because we have, again, we have the efficiency. When a cargo come by sea into Hong Kong, they all store in, the, in some, of, some, of, some of the very modern logistics centers, and they will look at the whole arch, the five hours radius countries, around uh, us, and see, oh, if let's say Tokyo needs five more special scarf, within three hours, that scarf will be taken out from the Hong Kong logistics centers, ship bring it to the airport, and ship it out immediately with next flight. Now. This efficiency with no duties, because we don't have to come out, have to declare sure. duties, have to pay duties or mm-hmm. offset duties. We don't have to do anything, yeah. just ship it out. So that efficiency enables a lot of branding to save a lot of money, but at the same time, um, enable them to, to monitor their stock inventory, for managing their whole stock inventory for the 5 hours raises countries very efficiently. That is one of the very, very
1: important um, offers that we are different from across the border. Sure. So, I mean, Willie, you're, you're making a strong economic case, but why do my taxes have to pay to train people then? Roy, Roy, like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a taxpayer in Hong Kong, and the government pops up and says, oh, we got to pay to train these people to do these jobs. Why aren't the shipping companies picking up the tab if it's so valuable? Why aren't they paying enough well, or more? Well, maybe I'll jump into this before. Roy, I mean, the well, I mean, I'm asking, to actually, I'm asking actually Roy because he's HR guy. The shipping can actually
3: come pay for it. They actually pay for it. It's not that we, the government pay for everything. Um, there will be programs in which they will be sharing courses. We're providing the training so that the shipping lines are actually tra- um, employing all these tra- um, management trainees. Um, so that it's not that we government pay up to pick up the tab and do everything hundred percent. No, that's not the case. So why are they paying for the we are providing training, education for BTC to provide the skill set. Yeah,
1: Roy, Roy what's, what's going on in terms of the HR development?
4: Well, let's look at the bigger picture. Andrew, i mean sure. um, the uh the china's the national 14th five-year plan has uh defined hong kong as you know the center for eight centers uh, one of them is shipping um i think uh, th- there must be a strong economic reason where hong kong is adding value not just but for us for the 7.5 million people but also for the whole of china and uh it's adding value not only in terms of um, you know, making money for us, making money for the shipping lines, but also benefiting the, the whole national economy. And also, um, we, our, our children, our our young people, they need to pick up professional skills. Uh, those are not wanted just in Hong Kong. Uh, I was just looking at some numbers. There, there are a huge shortage of seagoing professionals across the world. Mm. And those are something that can be exported. So there is strategic... Value in training up, uh, um, you know, young people. Unfortunately, they don't know enough about it. Uh, versus, we were always obviously. I was just making comparison with the aviation. We know the aviation industry is enjoying quite a lot of exposure, uh, quite a lot of the uh, the movies. It's cool, but for ocean going, I mean, the last movie I saw was the Titanic, which didn't end very well. <laughs> oh there was that one with Tom (laughs)
1: Hanks (laughs) how about the one with Tom Hanks where they all get you know they all get the pirates board the ship you know Captain Phillips or whatever it was called I mean yeah well
4: Tom Hanks also plays Captain Scully (laughs) (laughs)
1: true true true. so so, I mean like what are if you do want to get into this business I'm 18 years old and you know typically not the best time for decision making in a person's life uh, but I'm 18 years old you know, I'm not going to do, you know, I'm kind of casting about for something I might want to do. How much would it, how much would it pay to get into the
4: business now? I was looking at some numbers from the VTC, uh, a cadet engineer earns about 10 to 15,000. Is, is that right, Well really? It's about right. Well, it's about, about 15,000 plus. Yeah.
1: yeah. And what is a cadet engineer? Like, do you have to go to school to get to the level of a cadet engineer or can you start straight out of high school?
4: Oh, you need a diploma. So, uh, so you got to put your time in, four years of school. Uh, that's pretty much subsidized, heavily subsidized. And, uh, and there is some funding you can apply for the aviation and maritime <coughs> um, training scheme that, that gives you some incentives. So uh, four,
1: four years of education and you come out and you get paid 15 grand a month. That does not seem like a well, great... No, it's more than that. Actually, not, not the yeah. four years
3: training, it's, it's ongoing training. Uh, so if university evolved course. So you go, you went to um, one of the universities. They do have this kind of training. Um, of course, coming back would be a lot more higher ranking. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a step by step approach. And I think some of the kids after, if you know, going the chance to go to um, there to the um, not a third way from Aberdeen, those area. There's a training school, school. There's a lot of young kids only twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old receiving education, normal education plus seafarers going educations. So, mm-hmm. so um, in the, I mean, we upgrade, but the government provided the money to upgrade the whole facilities. <clears throat> they have modern technology just like flying an airplane, model airplane, but they are driving the ship, teaching mm-hmm. how, to, how to ride the tide, all the technologies. Actually, technologies nowadays are providing a lot of young kids the, the image that you see in the airport, um, that you can see the airport are flying the model planes so or driving the ship. So all these are actually enabling. Less recently, I mean, there's a very, um, there's a, in Dalian. they have a, there's a um, ship a training school that actually came to Hong Kong during the LMAC, uh, last month, um, uh, they're bringing a lot of 20, uh, 30, 40, um, cadets training, They enabled them to, um, really stay on the boat, go through from Dalian to Hong Kong, go through the wave, all the training, how to manage a ship, that's actually, and also the bunk, the, the living facilities, the actual modelling where you could be going to on container, it was Beautiful. A lot of youngsters was really some amazed to see. Oh, wow! It's it's like that now. I am not isolated in um, the middle of nowhere. I can already call my moms with us um, with satellite phone, internet. <coughs> so all these technologies are actually be coming up, building up, and, and able, um to re- re-driven now the image. Um, and one thing I want to add is also we have to look at that. Hong Kong government on this plan is not only, not only strengthening um, green fields or other, but we actually also look at it. We are the only place, uh, South Secretary Lamb has said that, within China um, that are practicing common law. And a lot of maritime legal service arbitrations are based on common law. And so um, BIMCO also enabled Hong Kong as that 's now it's one of the place that um, can do the negotiation. so all this are uh, actually attributing to build Hong Kong not only has a um, uh, really as I said, well, okay remember ten uh, container port in the world but also the professionalism, the uh, legal advice the uh, arbitration the green financing the insurance all this is a package it 's not only a or b, but it's a package of totally
1: mm.
2: Mm. and uh, actually it sounds like a lot of work to to be. Like going into this industry so what the government can do to encourage more like teenager or student to try to like get involved in this industry or no more or, or for example they helping helping them to get more salary or something
4: yeah right uh, isn't everything uh, every job you have you just don't, you don't want a just a job Mm-hmm. you want a career the passion uh yeah. passion too i mean it's actually quite i mean more shi- money well shipping and aviation they are quite similar because you don't want to hire a a pilot for three years five years you want a pilot to be working for the airlines at least as the aviation industry for 20 30 years and you know that's that's a lifetime job yeah. i believe shipping is quite similar so the um the young people they need to see some kind of a future Mm-hmm. Uh, the career progression, uh, there are uh, new skills to be picked up, and there are. Uh, unfortunately, not, not they're not very well known. For example, we, we know that um, new energy sources, data analytics and ship operations, uh, marine insurance, naval architects, these are high-paying jobs, mm-hmm. um, except that we don't train them. Well, we don't train them enough and we're relying quite a lot on overseas uh, uh, professionals which are high demand everywhere but so, there, there's a lot of
1: different things you guys have both talked about I mean you've got people that go on the boats yeah. and work the boats but aren't like 70% of them from I think it's like the Philippines and Indonesia combined make up like 70 to 75% yeah, right. of people working on container ships around the world um, I mean what does Hong Kong want to do do we want to have lawyers <clears throat> do we want to have lawyers for maritime trade or do we want to train people to go on boats? Or do we want to train people to work in the ports? I mean, those are all okay. very different things. Well, what but what think do we, we need want both. to
3: be? I think we, agree to be, we need both. You cannot be. You cannot only have the, the, the all the QC, Queen Chancellor, or, 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 the, or the barristers and ignoring the factual because somebody have given them the knowledge. I mean, a lawyer will not be born to know c training trading. So if there's an accident... On the boat, on in the in the last year, where the, the Suez Canal, remember the, the boat was just blocked. The, the, the uh, Evergrande, millions Is ever of dollars yeah. was, was 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 still having that. So <clears> people <throat> have to professionally understand how the boat actually worked. Why would this happen? And where? So somebody has to have to do the, the dirty laundry. But that's, the not, dirty our, hands that's not our the problem. Part.
1: That's not a Hong Kong problem, though. I mean, if like a boat stuck in the Suez Canal, the people that are going to oh, sort that no. they don't have Hong, to be trained Hong here. Hong Kong provide
3: the, the law firm actually that law firm that represents the the shipping line actually draws on globally all the lawyers to work in one case. And Hong Kong do have quite a bit of professional maritime lawyers firms. Um, And and I think I can add one one point that actually the government actually uh, um, also encourage to to provide more funding to train more maritime lawyers um, so that um, that we, we can actually more rely on and expertise and to to work in Hong Kong, so not only relies on on as you say was some professional from overseas. So that is actually a step by step approach that we had to build up every area, the foundation, the people, the manpower. Um, to, um, so this actually this 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 plan actually enable um, big shipping line globally to understand that okay, uh, Hong Kong are not free as I said. We are not laying down. We are actually wake um, work waking up and working on. Very strategically that we want to do things, yeah. and we will be on continue to on the road map of the maritime centre. And but as such, I think we already received quite a bit of positive message from some big firm overseas that they are looking at Hong Kong again. They mm. might be even really thinking of moving their their um, head uh, Asian quarters back to Hong Kong. So sure. that is a very positive message. And finally, I want to add one word is ship um, uh, merchants. Hong Kong is actually a very big um, uh, management
1: center for shipment management. Mm. Um, it's huge. But so is Switzerland. Oh wow! Well, so Hong is Hong They bigger. don't even, have, really and they big. have a lake. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, does Hong Kong really want to be in the? the boat end of the business or do we want to be at the high end? I mean, if I'm an 18-year-old in the Philippines looking at a career or an 18-year-old in Hong Kong, it's, it's a big difference.
3: We they don't have they foundation. I, mean, no, no, I mean, even the director of the Marine <clears> or the Marine Department will not be able you know, to manage all this technology. So someone had to learn from the groundwork up before they can do the, the top end. So I think we need the whole spectrum we can't be just say, oh, I take out one part and ignore the other part.
1: Uh, it, it won't work there. Otherwise, we, we really have a, a breakage in between. Right. Uh, Roy, I know we've only got you to the half hour. I'll let you get the uh, final, final digs in. We've got about a minute left. <laughs> um, I mean, what, does Hong Kong have a future? And is, is there a way that this can be made more attractive for younger people looking to get into the sector? That, that's the big question from the HR perspective.
4: Well, let's get to the bottom of it. We have to make it work. It's in the national plan. And uh, the reason the Hong Kong government needs to have a strategy, because that is the basic document, that is the foundation document that the industry needs as Willie pointed out, this is something that the uh, global uh, shipping lines they are looking for. They wanted to see some commitment from the government. And now now the government has shown the, its insincerity. Now, the next step is to get on with uh, filling the gaps. And as, as in my role in IHRM, we see a gap in, in human resources. But, but the good news is uh, people are working on it. Uh, there's gotta be quite a lot of work to do, especially in the training and upskilling sector.
1: All right, that's the final word for the first half hour, but we are going to continue after the break with the news. Willie Lin uh, is going to stay with us. He's the chairman of the Hong Kong Shippers Council. And Roy Ying, we're going to say thank you for joining us this morning in the studio. He is the co-chairperson, Advocacy and Policy Research Committee at the Hong Kong Institute of Human Resources Management. Thank you for your little gift. Send that <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Thank <clears> you. Merry
4: Christmas. <throat> thank you. You
1: betcha. We're going to be back. A uh, very quick hit on the weather. Cloud, cool, mainly cloudy and dry. Max temperature today will be 12 degrees. Uh, which as a Canadian, I think is perfect. Hong-, Hong Kongers <laughs> might find it a little cold, uh, so keep that in mind. It is currently nine degrees Celsius and fifty-two percent humidity. This is back chat with Andrew Work and Kara Ha.
0: Okay, well. And now the news. The United, United, has United.
3: Has warned that the population of Gaza is at the risk of famine if the war between Israel and Hamas continues. The assessment came from the IPC, an agency that assesses food security in places affected by conflict and na- or natural disaster. It found that Gaza's entire population of 2.2 million people was suffering from acute shortages. 14 people have been killed in a mass shooting at a university in central Prague. The worst incident in the republic's history. Police say the gunman was a student and was found dead. And Donald Trump's former lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, has filed for bankruptcy protection. It comes days after a jury ordered him to pay more than $148 U.S. million in damages to two Georgia election workers. We'll have more news for you at the top of the hour.
4: We believe our youth have the potential to create a brighter future. Now is the time to spread out your positive energy. YouthFest at HK has started in 18 districts. More than 100 events provide plenty of resources and opportunities to help you unleash your potential and expand your network. It's fun, inspiring, and rewarding. Organizations of all are invited to organize partner events. Visit youthfest.hk to support YouthFest at HK.
1: Ignite youth power.
3: The Municipal Solid Waste Charging starts on April 1st, 2024. You must use designated bags for waste disposal at waste collection points of buildings or of the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department. Affix designated labels to oversized waste. Designated bags will be sold in nine sizes at 11 cents per liter, while the labels are $11 each. Read the property management notice for any other arrangements. Use designated bags for waste disposal. Do it the right way.
1: And we're back on Back Chat at RTHK Radio 3. I'm Andrew Work. Uh, on the show today with Car Ha, with me in the studio, we are speaking right now to Willie Lin, who is the chairman of the Hong Kong Shippers Council, about the new plan from the Transport and Logistics Bureau. To uh, promote Hong Kong's global position in shipping, uh, Car, you have a question for Mr. Lin.
2: Yes, um, because Roy just left our program, but I want to quote what he mentioned just now. He was saying like, "Oh, this scheme, this policy, have we uh, the government have to make it work?" So actually, really, so the plan uh, is talking about the ten strategy and thirty-two action to help Hong Kong the status of like. Becoming a better international maritime center. And also it is saying, um, it need to develop the city as a green shipping hub with zero carbon emissions. So do you think it is actually difficult to do two things at the same time? Because anyway, the green, green carbon, like emission, this policy or this way is actually the global trend in the future. But it is like very early to talk about it right now.
3: Well, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, that the, the two um, so-called um, popular fuels at this moment, uh, LNG and uh, methanol, green methanol, is actually um, uh, uh, some of shipping shipping i are already buying boats that only use TKM fuels. Okay? Mm. So very simply is, if I were a shipping line, if I, I want to make a decision whether I, come in, I bring my boat to Hong Kong, the first thing I look at is, do I have the bunker fuel? Mm-hmm. If I don't have the fuel that provide my boat to move along, then our second thought is, mm, why should I come here, mm-hmm. right? So now I'm just This is very simple. If I don't do, what happen? If I do, yes, the market will be there. So I um, mean, I think we, the government um, have been very proactively. Finally, um, uh, be looking at is, yes, we will have to provide. Um, yeah, um, traditional Hong Kong are very. Conservative. They did a lot of studies and small studies to make sure that, um, yeah. that whatever will come up would we'll be a bit late, that, that later than a lot of people say, oh, I have it, I have it. actually, they don't have it. But we will making sure that the infrastructure will be built. And this is why um, um, the government promised that within 2024, they will be coming up with a very clear mapping uh, which field, mm-hmm. number one, uh, where we get the field, it's very important, and mm-hmm. how do we build the infrastructure for it. Sure. Now, because um, green, um, like let's say green methanol, we don't have it in Hong Kong. We never have very heavy industry per se. So, how do we get it from southern in China? How do we pipe it out to Hong Kong? Uh, so, enable us to be a bunkering area for, for this field. So, so all this, uh, we are looking forward to, very positively to a report in which how the government is going to fund it, how government is build it. Um, again, I mentioned that this is the field that is popular now. Technologies is the technology is changing. Technology is leapfrogging. We always mm. say that oh, you know, oh, two years ago when you have an agv car, you go two hundred kilos. Now we took six, seven, even a thousand kilos. So within two, so te- te- all these technology are changing. We were in um, uh, in, in Scandinavia three, four, uh, four years ago with uh, a secretary um, che- Frank Chan, We actually with look at a. Boat. They a, um a a passengers like like a luxury yacht that carry Hong Kong to Macau. To time boat, they're using pure electric. Um, so all this are actually enabling us to 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 um, to understand that the technology is not just here, but I don't just leave flogging. And we can rely on the technology to support us, to bring us, the, to uh, enable us to, to go into the next um, next 20 or 30 years.
1: Uh, talking tech, the uh, one of the world's biggest ports company is headquartered in Hong Kong, Hutchison Ports. Uh, they have their best technology probably deployed abroad, whether it's the use of artificial intelligence and round the shop at their ports in Thailand, <clears throat> their are completely automated ports in Spain, they're using hydrogen uh, to power on, you know, when ships pull up at port, they can plug in. They're using hydrogen power. Where is Hong Kong on all that? I mean, it's a Hong Kong-based company. They are the most advanced in the world in Spain, Thailand, UK. When does that technology come to Hong Kong? When do we have unmanned ports where AI is running everything? Well, or it's being I, done I, I remotely? think that,
3: that, that's a very interesting question. Everybody asked me, asked me the last two days. Um, we do we have the technology, the mobile crane. The were automobile crane already installed in Hong Kong, well, as they think, good five, six years already. Mm. It's not that we don't have it. We do have it. I mean, you look at we went to Hutchison head office in, in Kwai Chong on the top floor. Mm. There were guys also doing this joystick moving the crane around already. That's incredible, yeah. But, but one thing is very important is um, all this new port that you mentioned, all the ports, they're all built from ground zero brand right. new. I mean, okay. um, I'm, I'm a trade advisor for the, for the Thai government. I, I, I was in the port before. I know there's a green field. So when you have great, I mean, a brand new port, when you develop anything, you can utilize the latest technology. The traditional putting, of uh, course, putting nails on the ground, putting sensor on the ground, so enable the the um, the, um, uh, the automated mover to go around. So Hong Kong is different because the, Hong Kong is a very mature port. Um, all the lands have been built some years back already. Sure. So, Whatever cannot be done last some from a couple of years ago, it can be doing now because the, like, um, the um, 5Gs actually enable the um, auto-mover to recognize in a split, split of tens of seconds or thousands thousand of seconds to recognize this is a human walking in front of you, this mm-hmm. is a crane mm-hmm. walking, driving through you, yeah. or, or something like that. They will be able to stop in time. Three years ago, you can't do that. You, every mobile crane, you have to carry a huge computer system. Just to to make sure so they understand where we're looking around nowadays with 5G's, um, um actually even with the BeiDou's, uh, the uh, satellite, they can actually instantly recognize people, mover, truck, and able to make due turn so The mapping is a lot more efficient and easier. Mm. Um, so Hong Kong, we've been a very mature port with all the cranes already surrounding you. They had to ensure that um, the satellite or the technology or the 5G sensor will be able to be fast enough to move around, um, uh, uh, so 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 this is some of the, the challenges I think um, all the ports handle, but, but it doesn't mean they're not doing. I, I, as far as I know, they are already um, testing some vehicles on the in the port.
1: Um, when you say to um vehicles, uh, you so that they will ensure or? that that technology will be available. Sure, I mean it's it's if you if uh, to our listeners, if you ever get the chance, Google up uh, Hutchison ports in Spain, best. Uh, it's eerie. Because like all the trucks, all the cranes completely unmanned. AI is doing all the work. Uh, it, it looks like it's like a ghost port, but it is hugely efficient. For uh, we got call, call black factory or black pot. We really need people. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. It's, it's, but actually the people is all in the back in the building
1: playing our joysticks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, so fantastic. Well, there's a, a little bit of a look at the bright future of uh, shipping in Hong Kong bringing more technology in it to close out our discussion today. Thank you very much to Willie Lin, who is the chairman of the Hong Kong Shippers Council. We'll have to get you back on the show next time we talk shipping. Thank you Thank very you. much, Willie. Thank, Thank you. you
3: very much. Right. Take
4: care. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233 266 and have your say.
1: All right, back on Backchat with Car Ha and me, Andrew Work. And we are talking Christmas. It's the last Back Chat before Christmas time. And I have here... A little postcard for our next guest that uh, our producer, Raphael Bled, he asked me to hand it over to him to make sure it gets delivered to Santa Claus at the North Pole, which our producer mistakenly thinks is part of Finland. But, of course, it's Canada. No. Which, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Canadian. I have to get that. Maybe, maybe our next guest and I are going to have a big fight over that. Uh, hopefully. A, a cheery Christmas fight because he is Timo Kantola, the Consul General of Finland to Hong Kong and Macau. Welcome to the show, Timo.
0: Uh, thank you so much, and I guess we have a bit of an issue here now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Canada versus Finland: Who owns Santa Claus? Fantastic! So, uh, Finland, of course, an Arct- uh, you know, part of the uh, the Arctic Council, a northern country, a very Christmassy country this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're keen to hear from you because, of course, it is a great Christmas country, uh, uh, but also because Finland has been ranked yet again the happiest place in the world. Is it year-round or just at Christmas time?
0: It's year-round, definitely, and I don't know to what extent the fact that Santa Claus lives in Finland is affecting uh, our happiness, but uh, it has a small part. I have to
1: admit, in your favor, I shouldn't even be making this argument, but Santa does have a sleigh pulled by reindeer, not caribou, which probably helps the Finnish case. (laughs)
0: That's right. right. Yeah, we have <laughs> lots of reindeer stand.
2: I'm wondering what is the argument here. But I actually visited yeah. Finland. Um, what is that called? Ro- Rovaniemi?
0: Rova- Rovaniemi?
2: Yeah, to visit the Santankov village when I was uh, like younger. Really? I, I met the real Santa Santankovs.
0: Really, yeah, in yeah. Finland? Yeah. Oh man, you're
1: gonna you can the Canadian argument's gonna need some work That's today. Why That's why I am sure.
2: on the side of Finland today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so tell tell us a little bit about uh, Christmas in Finland. What what would people in Hong Kong not know?
0: I think they know quite a bit. Uh, I have to say that the first thing that uh, Hong Kong people always raise with me is uh, Aurora, Northern Lights. Everyone is asking, uh. if I go to Finland, can I see Aurora? Uh, but uh, I, I believe they know quite a bit of Finland. The essential parts of our Christmas uh, is snow, of course. Of we course. Need, uh, snow and ice. And the second essential part is uh, sauna. A sauna. We need yeah. the Christmas sauna. And uh, like we have more saunas than cars in Finland.
1: So I've heard from people that have gone to Finland on business, for example, and they go to meet somebody for the first time, and next thing they know, they're naked in a sauna with the Finnish business counterpart, and they're like, how did I end up here? Um, so, yeah, naked in a sauna, big thing for Finns. But what is a Christmas sauna? How do you make it Christmassy?
0: It doesn't really have a special character uh, there's one, one thing which can be added to the sauna, uh, which is not regular in the wintertime, is to have this whisk that we used to beat ourselves, ah, uh, made don't. of birch tree, that we do in the summertime normally, because then you can get it uh, from the nature. But uh, if you want to use it in Christmas, you have to uh, have it in the freezer and then take it oh. up.
1: So it has to be birch tree to beat each other. Yeah. As you wow. Yourself, In yourself. the sauna or after you come out of the sauna? In the sauna. Wow. In the sauna, you're getting beaten with. I mean, this is starting to sound like an SM show. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so you're beating each other, but, but you have to preserve the birch tree. To, to have it in the winter you have Indeed. to like put it in your freezer yeah. and do people do that do they like collect a bunch of birch yeah yeah do, do, the they freezer? do
0: and they, it's also there's a commercial site that uh, some uh, market places are selling these uh, dried uh, birch trees uh, for oh. the whiskeys, whisks
1: you can't use like part of your christmas tree like a pine tree it has to be a birch
0: <laughs> i wouldn't <whisk>. really recommend <laughs> a pine tree or... <gasps>
2: it hurt Maybe, well, I guess or ends. maybe it is like one of the reasons to 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 make uh, Finland is the most happiest uh, country in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, That's- yeah. I, I'm also occasionally wondering why are we the happiest country yeah. in the world. I, I think the, of course there's the, one has to take into account the kind of uh, also the true side which is that if you measure it, this is not an objective measurement about about uh, the population and then. Uh, uh, representative uh, description about our population and they're measuring in some mathematical mm. way. This is a, a self assessment that mm. people have which in fact is that's even more valuable that people themselves mm. feel that uh, they, are, they live they are in a happy situation. Oh. That's great.
1: A couple, couple of years ago uh, the word hige from Denmark was became popularized this idea of a cozy Snuggle up in the winter time, uh, but what is the secret to Finnish happiness? Why are Finns so happy compared to the rest of us?
0: Don't you know the Finnish word, uh, corresponding word for hygge?
1: What is? I do not. That's why you're here.
0: Okay, I tell you. This. Please, it's "kalsari okay. It means uh, underwear trunk.
2: Under
0: drunk underwear drunk. <laughs> underwear drunk underwear drunk underwear uh, okay. drunk underwear what underwear drunk sure.
2: underwear drunk
0: okay. and what is that it explain. it means that you sit at home and uh, basically in your underwear or in your some kind of very uh, <laughs> relaxing clothing, not jeans or anything, yeah, in pyjamas or whatever. And and then uh, you, you take a bottle of beer or a glass of wine, and that's it. Or or a few. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no extra things there. Not these romantic elements about candles or anything. So even just e- plain. Even,
1: even though it's dark, there's barely any sun for months on end. You just stay at home and you know hang out in your underwear and have a few drinks.
0: Yeah that's a it's a kind of a partly partly there is a truth also that uh, people are very simple the Finnish style is simple simplicity mm. Mm. and and uh, our way of relaxing is simple and it's uh, i i believe that it's part of the happiness and and also the fact that we go to sauna frequently and that uh, is kind of Finnish way of relaxing. And then we dip into the cold water, dig a hole in the ice.
1: Can't forget that. I mean, so you're hanging out in your underwear at home, having a few too many drinks, jump into the sauna, beat each other with birch sticks, and then jump in the cold water.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: Oh, even if you jump into the cold water afterwards?
1: Then you go back into the sauna, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, indeed, indeed, we do. But uh, I must say that I always, when I go to the cold water, I finish my sauna event in the water. I mean, uh, jumping, uh, getting out from the water, but not going back to sauna any longer. Because mm. then you have this great feeling. Wow. So
1: where do you, okay, so if I'm living in Hong Kong, where do I go for a sauna? You know, maybe I don't have like millions of dollars to go to the, the Mandarin or the Four Seasons Spa, which is, you know, like a special occasion. But if I just like, can, you, can I make a little sauna at home?
0: Uh, I I would rather recommend it's cheaper in fact to take a flight ticket and uh, fly, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> fly to Helsinki or Romania.
1: <laughs> That's true. If you want to you know, I've done that like on a special occasion for my wife and I done the spa at the Four Seasons and I think it was more expensive than a flight to Helsinki. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for I, real. Yeah, yeah. Where where do you where do you go? Where like where do Finns in Hong Kong go yeah. to get a good birch stick beating and
0: I I don't really go but I do have a sauna in my building uh, in my block and in okay. mid levels. Yep. Uh but uh. Uh, I must say my own sauna in my country country house is somewhat better.
1: Ah, I can I can
0: imagine. So so when Finns
1: come here, do they have to accept a lower level of happiness living in Hong Kong because they're not yeah. in the saunas getting beaten up with birch sticks?
0: Uh, in the winter time, in a way, it's true because because we have these great uh, differences in in the seasons, mm-hmm. and uh, and so in winter time, uh, I think Finns tend to kind of uh, miss snow and and mm-hmm. white and. That sort of bright uh, side of life. Yeah. It's dark uh, in, in the sense of sun not being so much up, but, but the white snow makes life mm. bright.
2: Yeah. So how, how do you think uh, Finnish or actually recommending Hong Kong people to maintain their happiness, like our happiness?
0: W- one, one thing is this, uh, I would say two things. One is this relaxation.
2: Relaxation.
0: And then the other... We, we don't d- have
2: it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll I mean, you're, 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 you're here in Hong part. Kong, when you look around and yeah. you see how Hong Kong people behave, you're yeah. like, guys, 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 guys
2: here's yeah, what you see: Two stressful do. people yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, cool,
0: cool, yeah, yeah. Uh, slow down a little bit. And the other is that uh, what is part of the explanation for Finnish happiness mm. is, is that uh, people have a feeling that they are in control of their life, that they have the freedom to choose their own path in life. Mm. And, and uh, I, I, don't, I think everyone should go to the mirror and ask himself, that am I in control of my life? And that's oh. an important part of this Finnish happiness. Uh, to what extent mm. that is objectively true, then it's a, always a question. But people have this self-assessment that they, they are in control.
1: Hmm. Uh, Speaking of being controlled and feeling you have control of your life, uh, I'm linking this. uh, Apparently, children in Finland start school rather late. I mean, school is a major source of stress for people in Hong Kong. Starting like literally two, three years old. A friend of mine asked me to help edit his wife's PowerPoint for an application to a daycare. And one of the things she stressed was our child has very competitive playgroup skills. Which I'm like, are you insane? My child will beat your kids' butt in play because they're competitive. But Finns don't do that, do they? they don't they don't start stressing about school? They, like, no. Don't kids go to school like six, seven years old?
0: Yeah, you? that's right. Correct. Uh, they do quite often in cities especially they go to kindergarten and this sort of preschool. But that's uh, more like uh, play group. playing oh. and uh, low stress, sort of low stress and. That's right, and and then uh, then perhaps even the, if you look at the hours, hours that you spend at school, we may have a little mm. bit less hours. Mm. Mm.
2: Is the government actually, like, the government is helping the citizens well enough to take care of their daily life or, like, the place? Because in Hong Kong, we are always stressed about the leaving place. The rent is high and then the, the spending is high, so is the fin- Finnish government is helping?
0: Yeah, in a way, that's that's part. Uh, there's this sort of so, social equality is is quite quite high level in Finland, but but still, when you this uh, happiness I- issue, when people say that uh, they are happy with their own w- well-being, mm.
4: uh,
0: it might be that they are very critical about uh, about the kind of what government is doing to support mm. them. But they they have this feeling that they can do mm. things.
1: Yeah. Uh, We've got a a note here sent in from Elizabeth Thompson, one of our regular listeners, who I believe lives just down the hill from you, a couple of doors. Uh, She says, Thunder Bay, which is in Ontario, Canada. uh, She says, Thunder Bay has the largest population of Finns outside of Finland. Uh, I don't know if you'd heard that. Uh, Thank you very much, Elizabeth, for uh, sending that in. Thank Um, you. When Finns go abroad... How much of that happiness can they take with them? You know, we talked about access to saunas is difficult in Hong Kong. What what else can Finns in Hong Kong do to teach the rest of us about how to chill?
0: Well, one one thing is, of course, uh, it's important not to take too much happiness with yourself uh, when you go abroad. Uh, I mean, uh, to kind of let loose completely. You've got, you got yeah. to leave some in Finland, right? And uh, <laughs> But uh, because we do also have those trips to the southern resorts and uh, people celebrate there. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, but it's uh it's I I simply would come back to this uh, issue that uh, try to try to relax and then another uh, here in Hong Kong which for me is very important is is the nature that I I like to go hiking and uh, a little bit test myself so it's not only whipping yourself with a whisk and uh, jumping into cold water but also to do kind of hard work in the nature.
1: Yep, straight, straight up Old Peak Road and uh, yeah. get a little, little bit of a hike, run into some wild pigs, all that. Yeah. So uh, Christmas-wise, um, what are the Finnish practices that Finns would think are the most important to, to continue when they are here? Like, so like in my family, I do the things that my mother did. We always have a big Christmas brunch, Ooh. has to have eggs, Benedict, you know, champagne and oranges, and then a big Christmas dinner. And I, you know, I organize that because my family did it and you want to keep the traditions up. What are the Finnish traditions that they will keep up in Hong Kong?
0: Uh, what I will keep up in, in Hong Kong, and I believe many other things is uh, Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. of course, and and then uh, Santa Claus in the evening. Do you, Christmas call, Eve. do you call
1: him Santa Claus?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Just Santa Claus. Not San- the, what's the Finnish? What's the finish phrase for that?
0: Uh, joulupukki. Joulupukki. Jarlupukke, which yeah. means uh, Christmas uh, uh, guy. Guy.
1: <laughs> like a jarl y- is like an earl or like a, 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 like a leader, right?
0: Joulu. 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 Joulu puke. Okay. Uh, and um, yeah, so that's important. And then I'm going to have also one tradition. Uh, my family here, I had two of my children just last night came. Oh, for nice. We will have in the, at noon for the lunch uh, rice porridge rice porridge, rice porridge. That, okay. uh, that's a christmas tradition and then you have one uh almond in the porridge which and is the, and the one who gets the almond uh, he he is a lucky man he can oh. make a wish
1: so you make a big pot of this rice porridge Yes. is it like like in, in cantonese we'd say jo is it is it like that kind of like congee is it like that or is it different Is it more no like it's a made in pudding? milk Ah, so more like a rice pudding, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And And you
1: put in one almond, one almond, one almond, yeah. And whoever gets it is like lucky. yeah.
0: And and if kind of nobody gets uh, in the first plate uh, the almond, then everybody takes a second serve. Ah, in order to get the almond.
1: Gotcha. And so is you know I know some European countries Christmas is mostly December twenty fourth is like the big highlight, and for others you know the more Anglo Saxon northern it's the twenty fifth. Which is it for the Finns?
0: Twenty-fourth.
1: Oh, so you guys oh, are the twenty-fourth? Yeah. When do you open your gifts?
0: Uh, on the eve of uh, the evening of twenty-four. On the twenty-fourth. Yeah. Okay. That's right, and that's when the Santa Claus comes.
2: Ah, then what to do on twenty-five? Twenty-fifth is the rest, in, in, resting
0: the, day? The, the old tradition was to go to the Christmas church very early on uh, 25th, the 25th, Christmas day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but nowadays, uh, that has uh, quite few do it, in fact. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's more common to go to the church, uh, ch- church service in the afternoon of Christmas Eve. Mm. Mm-hmm. What is the
1: largest religion? In, Luther, in, in Lutherans Lutherans, Lutherans. Yeah, Lutherans. okay yeah. I, w- I watched all the Netflix uh, Vikings and Vikings Valhalla you know it's all, a lot of it is about the Christians driving out the old Norse gods uh, right. and the conflict there so the, the Lutherans won the day among all the different parts of Christianity that could have been adopted in Finland yeah mostly. I,
0: I, that's my understanding it
1: seems to be so okay gotcha <laughs> so so you guys you guys do it up big on the 24th relax a bit mm. on the 25th do you have a boxing day?
0: We do have a boxing day in old times. In my childhood, uh, during Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, it mm. was not appropriate to go to visit your friends or oh. relatives uh, mm. somewhere else. So people stayed home, grandparents might have been there. But, uh, but, uh, but then uh, we, people went to visit on Boxing Day. Mm. But that has changed. Now it's more like a mix that uh, people are more on the move constantly.
1: Do you call it Boxing Day or do you have a different name for it?
0: We have a Finnish name, which is not really exactly Boxing Day. Sure, what, what, what is it? It's Tapanin päiva. Ta- Tapanin päiva. Tapanin päiva. Like Tapani is a name of a man. Mm. I don't know why. So, and then uh, päiva is day. Tapan is day.
1: So like Bill Day or Bill Fred Day, Fred yeah. day or yeah. David Day. It's kind yeah. of just. And do you know who this Tapanin is?
0: No, no, not uh, really? any idea. No idea. Huh. Must be a, kind of a nice guy.
1: Right. And so you guys have that. And then, you know, like everybody has that kind of like quiet period between Christmas and New Year. Um, you know, to take it right through to the end of the year, do Finns celebrate New Year's Eve? Uh,
0: really a lot. and of It's course. big. They do yeah. it big? It's fireworks and uh, oh. champagne and uh, champagne. everyone goes out uh, partying and... Uh, so the, that's, uh, that's the second big partying day outside mm. in Finland.
2: I actually have a question, because I, I have mentioned I visited Santa Claus village when I was like younger. Mm-hmm. So actually, apart from the Christmas, is there still having the Santa Claus in that village?
0: Santa, <laughs> Santa Claus is always in the village, isn't it? <laughs> did you see Santa right. Claus?
2: I did. I, w- I went yeah. to visit him. I yeah. cried when I saw him. Yeah. Because, because, because you like, were
0: afraid or because you were so happy? I think both. <laughs> okay.
2: It's like, oh I can't believe it is real. And then, and on the side, is like, Oh, okay.
0: And, and there the we fin- go. And impressive. the Finnish Santa came, by the way, three weeks ago to Hong Kong. Oh really? He visited our consulate. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Consulate. Did he did he maybe look a little bit like you? No, no, not at all. No, no it, was, uh, it was the real Santa from R- uh, Lapland. All the really? way from
1: Lapland. I was yeah. going to say, because obviously, you know, you couldn't pass the Santa because you look far too young.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> too young, too handsome. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Timo Cantalas, the Consul General of Finland, Hong Kong and Macau, giving us some insights on happiness. Finished Christmas, finished New Year, uh, the top the day after Christmas. All good. Thank you for joining us today.
0: So- Thank you. Thank you. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry
1: Christmas. Fylok, and I don't know how to say it in Finnish, but you, you know I feel it in my heart. Hey, uh, we're going to be back after Christmas on Wednesday the 27th. Janice Wong and Mike Rouse are going to light up the airwaves on that day, uh, all recovered from their Christmas festivities. Thank you very much to Car Ha for Yay. joining me today. Thank you. You betcha. Also to Raphael Blett, our producer, and our audio engineer, Tong Wing Ming. This has been Back Chat. Merry Christmas, Hong Kong.